0: Hello, and welcome to Valley Lights Church Online. My name is Bruce, and I'm glad to see you. Uh, I am back in California <laughs> this past Memorial Day weekend. We were in Texas. I was uh, at a conference, and I'm back home. I'm glad to be back. We started traveling back to California on Monday, which was Memorial Day, and we had to uh, arrive at the airport, then go pick up our kids, which were they were being watched in a different city for the weekend. And so we pick them up, and we're all headed home, feeling kind of exhausted from the weekend and the traveling, and our kids spent a lot of time uh, with a lot of friends, and so everyone is feeling pretty worn down. And we get home, I don't know, around four or five, and we're trying to figure out if we're going to do any Memorial Day gatherings. It was, originally, that was our idea, but I'm like, you know what, I, I just feel cooked. <laughs> um, I started warming up some frozen food for our dinner, and we're, we're just gonna lay it low. I just wanna relax, I wanna, I wanna recover. And I was just really focused on um, not doing anything. Well, we had some neighbors text us saying, hey, uh, you guys still coming out for m- Memorial Day? Doing a you know block party in the street? And I was feeling pretty tired. I'd already made my plan to relax inside. <laughs> and i was uh wanting to just shut out the rest of the world and they you know we, we talked through it for a minute and we said yeah we'll go outside <laughs> we'll do it so we uh, gathered up the energy and made the pivot to plan on going outside which is kind of what we had wanted to do all along but just feeling so tired and exhausted was was messing with that and i am really glad that we did honestly it was it was tons of fun we got to spend time with a bunch of our neighbors Yeah, actually late into the night um, got to spend some time with neighbors that I don't normally really see all that much. Um, we had a fire pit going and s'mores and some guitars, a couple of guitars came out. And one, one, <laughs> one neighbor plays the ukulele and I had no idea. And so we're, we're just playing, you know, we were playing a Garth Brooks song <laughs> in the middle of the street. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was a great time of connecting. And so I'm really glad that we, we went outside. I thought, man, what what, we, what would we have missed out on if we would have just stayed inside. And maybe even the gathering itself may not have grown as large if, if we didn't, you know, get outside too. So, uh, you know, there's there's been times when I've pushed through feeling tired and exhausted to get time with people. There's been other times when I don't do that. And in fact, the first few years of church life for me in our previous church, I did a lot of sitting out. <laughs> In fact, there was uh, the first summer that I was at that our previous church, there was a, a big sports camp that was uh, a week-long program for uh, bringing families together in the community for kids. And I wanted to do the, the Sunday morning thing, but not really a lot more after that. I didn't want a lot of more demands on my time or my schedule. And... Uh, you know, there's been times that I've, I've decided to sit out. In fact, this, that sports camp came up this past weekend. I was with a friend in Texas who, who was there years ago. And they're like, oh yeah, weren't you there? And I was like, no, no, I, I was busy doing something else. <laughs> so there's been times that I've sat out and there have been times when I'm, I've expended the extra energy and I'm really glad that I, I did to really engage with people. Um, I'm I'm the lead pastor here at Valley Lights Church. My name is Bruce, and I'd love to say hello to you. And so if you leave contact information on one of our contact forms, I'll I'll do that. But I'm really glad that you're tuning in to listen or to watch with us today because we're in this message series called Catalysts. And we're talking about things, you know, catalysts that are things that accelerate our growth spiritually. Really, uh, things that strengthen our walk with God. There's things that we can do that will really grow our faith. And uh, the messages that we have been speaking over the past few weeks are posted online and on our web uh, our podcast. Uh, But we started this series talking about the first catalyst, which was private disciplines, really focusing on prayer. Um, Then we talked about the way that practical teaching and applying what we hear really accelerates growth. Uh, Last week, we looked at providential relationships. Um, people that God uses to accelerate our growth. And then today, we're looking at something called personal ministry. And whenever I look over my past, and I think about the timeline of my life, I, I can think of times when I've expended myself to help and to serve other people or to, to do big efforts. I've uh, been on some missions trips to uh, Mexico or to Europe, um, even in Northern California, a place called Chico. I've done some work in the inner city of L.A. Um, I've, I have learned to join some of the big events at our, at our previous church, and, um, and so I've really, you know, there's been times when I can think of where we really put a lot of extra effort out there. And my wife, you know, more on a personal note, uh, she's really good at th- just serving people in our everyday life and our relationships. we are really good at thoughtfully thinking about um, a, a timely note or a gift that really communicates a lot of support if someone is going through a difficult time. And so I, I can look back and I, I can think of key moments when we've expended ourselves to serve others, and they're really like peak moments in my memory. And I think it's normal that we usually think the best parts of life come when we have the best vacations <laughs> or when we're, we're living to rest or relax to do those really fun tropical things. But what I have found is that some of the most memorable highlights in my life are when we've loved other people practically, or when people have expressed their love and their care for us in a moment when we really needed it. There's something really special that happens when a person is moved to action by compassion, and relationships can grow, and faith in God can even grow. So every day, every week, we come across opportunities to love and to serve people in practical ways. Needs might come up, opportunities to help out. But sometimes we stop just short of sacrificing for others in a way that would be truly meaningful. I, I love going hiking and I went on a hike to Cucamonga Peak, which is a big mountain in Southern California. It's, it's just north of Ontario. It's actually just north of Rancho Cucamonga. And I've hiked it three times because the first two times I didn't quite make it all the way to the top. Um, One time we were with a big group and the group got slowed uh, down so we had to turn back. Another time it was early spring and so there was a lot of snow still. And we're having a really hard time making it all the way to the top. And I couldn't really tell how far away we were. Well, I found out later on my third trip that we were like so close. Um, on my third trip, I made it all the way to the top. And the interesting thing about Cucamonga Peak is, unlike other trails that I've been on, you don't really get much of a view until the very end. You kind of hike up the back side of it, and you're hiking for a long time, spending hours up you know, tremendous, tremendously steep areas. And then you finally, when you get to the very top, you finally crest over this last little hill. And you, when you pop out on the top, it opens the most breathtaking, panoramic, unobstructed view you can imagine of Southern California. It's, it's amazing, it, completely worth it. It was worth <laughs> trying three times to get such an incredible view. And uh, I, I mention that because, you know, the first few times I put in a lot of work and planning and effort to get to the top, but I didn't get the reward. When it comes to sacrificing for others, we can put in a lot of effort in, into life or relationships, but just stop short and not really dig in and go deeper where we think, you know, I've, I've done enough. I've done enough work. I've, I've put enough, I've invested enough of my energy or my time into this situation or this person. And, and anyways, the normal duties of life are pretty demanding anyway, whether it's my job or family or other commitments I have. There's a lot of things that are demanding on us. And so, we can tap out and pull back. Uh, but what, what, I, what I've really found is some of the peak moments in my life have come after I've pushed through to expend myself for others. And I think I've missed out on a lot of really incredible experiences of seeing God work when I check out too soon. What if a better life comes not from living for more rest and relaxation, but it comes from expending ourselves for others. What if, what if that's the case? Well, we're going to look at a story where the followers of Jesus engaged this idea because they put in a ton of work. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they, they did a lot of work, and they got to a point where they were ready to clock out. And they came very, very close to missing out on a life-changing experience for them. Uh, just because they wanted to call it a night, just a little bit too early. <laughs> they got to see a miracle that was so significant that it's recorded in the Bible in four separate places. Each of the Gospels or the biographies of Jesus have this miracle in them, and so it's a pretty important one. So, we're going to look at Mark, the Gospel of Mark, his you know description and biography of the life of Jesus. And so, Mark, chapter 6, um, he starts by writing he says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported him all that they had done and taught. So they had all kinds of work and activity that they were doing, a lot of personal ministry. And so Jesus, he said to them, come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while. For many people were coming and going, and they didn't even have time to eat. So there's a lot of going on. There's, there's, they're probably exhausting themselves. I, I'd imagine they probably were working pretty hard. But they didn't, they didn't have time to grab a bite to eat. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. So Jesus says, hey, let's break away for a rest. Just when they were about to punch out for the day and, and call it a day, the situation changed. So Mark, he goes on and he writes what happens next. He says, so the they went away in the boat by themselves to a remote place, and but many people saw them leaving, and they recognized them. And they ran on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. So when he went ashore, Jesus and and the whole group of disciples with him, when he went ashore, he saw a large crowd. And what's his reaction when he sees a lot more people, which basically is going to equate to a lot more work? Well, Jesus had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Then he began to teach them many things. Uh, he also began to heal many of them, do a lot of just physical help and practical needs that they had. So, the first thing I notice about this situation is that Jesus was driven by compassion, not by relaxation. Jesus was much more moved by his compassion than he was for a desire for rest and recovery. He modeled and he really demonstrated for us, for the people then and for us now, how to love people in practical ways. It's, it's really an example for us to follow. And I would imagine that Jesus also was pretty exhausted. You know, he was the Son of God, but he had a physical body just like we do. His body was just like ours. He was subject to fatigue and getting depleted of energy and needing sleep. He probably was more exhausted than his followers, I would guess. He probably put out a lot more energy. So coming back, you know, the, they're on this boating trip across the lake, and they see this crowd. And I think Jesus and the disciples really differ in their initial reaction. For Jesus, it was compassion. For the disciples, I'm guessing it was probably, oh no! (laughs) Not more work. We just just finished all of our work. I wonder if they secretly hoped that Jesus would just ignore the crowd just this once. Well, He wouldn't do that because they were like sheep without a shepherd, which means that they were lost in life, really misguided in life, needing a lot of direction and help, needing protection in life. And and really people that were going through life in a pretty vulnerable state. And so Jesus was moved by compassion for people. He thought, these people have real needs. We have what they need will we turn away from them now? Well, we, you and I, we encounter needs all the time. Opportunities to help out, to serve and expend ourselves. What drives us? If I'm driven by relaxation, then my focus is on myself. (laughs) If I'm driven by compassion, then my focus is on others. I mean, that's really the big difference. Focusing on myself versus focusing on others. We probably all want to be known as people who are focused on the good of others. I'd I'd like that to be my legacy, for people to say that about me. But there's such a strong pull to serve myself. So the situation is, this group, all these guys, they finished a long day of ministry. It was probably a long week or maybe even a long month of just daily activity. And so they get to the point where Jesus promised some rest. We're going off for a retreat. But then, instead of getting the retreat, they got more work. I don't know if you've ever crossed the finish line, or at least thought you did, and then all of a sudden you realize there's another unexpected load of work to do. I can't tell you how many times I've been helping move someone or paint for, a, for somebody or, or working on a project, and I'm, I put in my time, and I'm ready to call it quits, or it's late but I can't quite call it quits because I have a friend who's still going full throttle. That, that's happened so many times. That, I've been in, in our church now, and um, where, there, there's, there are some good men that have really challenged me to sacrifice at a deeper level. In fact, this was a, kind of a big part of our discussion last week when, when Barry spoke about the impact of godly relationships, the way they, they really spur us forward in the right direction. That's, that's happened to me many times. And my wife shows me up all the time on this one. <laughs> she's got a deep reserve for caring for our kids, especially when it's late at night or when they're sick. And I'm ready to be off the clock. And she's, uh, or, or she'll stay up late packing for a family trip for us. Uh, she's, she's got, she keeps it up and she keeps going. And um, sometimes it puts me to shame. So this crew, Jesus' group, they, they all got back to work. They dove back in working with Jesus as he's teaching and healing thousands of people. Crazy amounts of people are all amassed here on the shore. So finally, Mark, you know, picks up the story. He says, when it grew late, his disciples approached him and said, this place is deserted and it's already late. Send them away so that they can go into the surrounding countryside and villages to buy themselves something to eat. So, the disciples, they, if they had any hope of having their retreat or getting the night off, those hopes were dashed. But at least, can we, it's, it's, now that it's getting dark, can we, can we be done? We are ready. We are so done. <laughs> uh, send the people away. It's late. Everyone's hungry. They're all hungry. They're probably, I'm hungry. And they probably did. The disciples probably did put in hard work. A little bit of rest may have felt deserved. But ultimately, you couldn't get around the fact that they were motivated by their feelings or their desires. They wanted rest and probably food. Big juicy burger, probably really would've hit the spot. I don't, know, I don't know if you've ever felt totally done where you say, I, I can't even. <laughs> no, uh, I'm out. Nope, I've put, I've, I've put in my share of work. Well, in our story here, these guys were just minutes away from a life-changing miracle and they had no idea that it was about to happen. They just needed to push through and let Jesus set the pace. So, you know, they say everybody needs to go get some food. And so Jesus, he says, you give them something to eat. <laughs> probably with a twinkle in his eye or a, a smirk, I would, I'm just guessing <laughs> it was probably with a smile. Because here again, Jesus, he had a practical concern for these people. He was driven by compassion, not by relaxation. The practical need at this point is food for this huge group of people to feed their bodies, and it it was a concern to him that they would drop on their way back home. He didn't want that to happen. The disciples were probably acting like they were gonna drop too out of their (laughs) exhaustion, but, you know, he probably knew they could dig a little deeper. So, if I were one of the disciples, I would have said, Jesus, why, why would you even say that? You, you want us to feed thousands of people right now. And so one of them says, um, should, should we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? That's you know somewhere in the general ballpark of like a year's salary worth, worth of food. He's like, even, even if we had that, that, that's a logistical nightmare. What shop is going to have this much food right now? are we going to have to go from town to town? Wait, why, why would you even say that? Well, no one probably would have blamed the disciples at this point for dismissing the crowd. It was, just, it was just too many people. And there's two arguments that I think we have, and maybe they had, when the opportunity to really dig deep and to serve and to expend ourselves for others comes up. One, one argument we tend to have is I, I'd really like to help out and, and to serve some people here, but I want some time for myself. That's kind of what we looked at first. But there's this other argument we tend to have that says, I, I don't have anything to offer. I don't have what's needed here. What can I, what can I do? I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough skill to pull this off. So Jesus asked them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. When they found out, they said, Five. Five loaves and two fish. Then he instructed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. He took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking to heaven, he blessed and broke the loaves. And he kept giving them to his disciples. He kept including them in this miracle. This amazing thing is happening where, miraculously, enough food is getting to all these people. He also divided two fish among them all. Everyone ate and was satisfied. This is incredible. They picked up 12 baskets full of pieces of bread and fish. Now, those who had eaten the loaves were 5,000 men. Uh, It records the number of men and It was a group of more than that, so uh, if you were to add in women and children, you could easily guess somewhere around maybe 10,000 people. How do you think the disciples' attitude changed as they saw basket after basket being passed to all of these people and people being satisfied? At the end of a long day, a long stretch of time, where they were pouring themselves out, and this unbelievable miracle is unfolding before their eyes. And, and they have a role in it. They're, they're, they're passing it out. They have, they have their hands on the baskets, maybe nibbling as they go, <laughs> snatching some pieces. How long, by the way, do you think it takes to pass out food to about 10,000 people? I'm getting the idea that there's maybe still more, a lot of work that's required of these people. All flowing out of Jesus' compassion. This is an amazing story. It's a miracle, and it's a part of history. Why is this miracle recorded in the Bible at all? Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of Jesus' life and miracles that he did that are not written. We know that it's written that there's way more that he did that's not recorded, but this one is written four times. Why is it there? Why is it, why is it so important? I think one of the reasons is to show us the nature of God, what what He's like. And one of the things we see is that Jesus really loves people a lot. And this is what the disciples learned about Jesus as they watched this unfold. They learned not about His identity or His divinity as the Son of God. That's not what this thing showed them. What they learned about was his compassion and love for people. Jesus also is tired and probably pretty hungry. In fact, later in Mark, he says, they had not had the sense to learn the lesson of the loaves. Even that miracle had not opened their eyes to see who he was. This didn't show he was the Son of God. In fact, that did come later that night. There was another miracle they experienced just a couple hours later when Jesus walks on the water Peter goes out to him, and, and Jesus calms the, the wind and the sea. And what, that whole experience in the middle of the night proved who he was, his divinity. It proved his dominance over creation, his divinity as the Son of God. But this the whole thing with the loaves of bread and the fish, multiplying the food, it, it was a miracle that put a huge spotlight on Jesus' deep compassion for people on his eagerness to sacrifice his own comfort and expend himself. So, this is a pretty big day for Jesus' crew. (laughs) They worked really hard, you know, for a long time. Then there was this whole miracle with the loaves. There was the walking on the water episode later that night. Really big day. But they had no idea just how deep his compassion and love and sacrifice would eventually run. Imagine what they must have thought when they finally saw the Son of God hanging on a cross for them. This account that we read, the part that we read is short in length, but there's so much to be learned about God through this. And there's a few things that we can do in response. This is a story that helps our faith in God to grow strong. So first, my faith in God grows when I receive Jesus' compassion and His help. When you're in need and you're struggling and you're, you're at a loss or you're losing or you're having a hard time or battling, how does God look at you? With judgment? Does He just sit there with His arms crossed? Does He look at you with impatience, just wishing you would get your act together? Does He look at you with repulsion? We all start out in life like the crowd in the story, like sheep without a shepherd. We start out needing help, we need direction, we need clarity for life, we need God's protection, we need healing, and we need to be fed the words of eternal life. Jesus looks on us with compassion. Not only does Jesus have the strong desire to alleviate our suffering, but He's got the actual ability to do it. He was willing to pay the ultimate price to to pave a way for us to enter the kingdom of God and to be a part of God's family forever. Um, In our Sunday morning service, we sang a song this morning, uh, singing Praise the One. It's uh, called Living Hope, but the chorus says, Praise the One who set me free. Death has lost its grip on me. He has broken every chain. There is salvation in His name. Jesus Christ is our living hope. So, if you would like more information about what it means to accept Jesus' compassion and really become a follower of of Him for the first time, let, let me know. Second, my faith grows when I compassionately serve other people, even at cost to myself. While the disciples turned toward their own desires and preferences, Jesus turned toward The needs of people instead, and if you are a follower of Jesus, how would it make you feel if following Him requires that we exhaust ourselves? (laughs) How would it make you feel if following Jesus means you plan a rest only to have that get filled unexpectedly by more work and serving? Our first hard attitude, then one of our core values, as a church that defines. Um, our community, and how we relate, one of our, our, our first hard attitude is to put the goals and interests of others above my own. And when we take other people and we elevate their goals ahead of mine, it's, it usually, that usually involves some personal sacrifice, doing some things that make me feel uncomfortable, or things I don't like. We can expend ourselves for others. Paul writes this a little bit more in a, a direct command. First, in Romans 12, 3, he says, "...for the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think of sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one." We very quickly think very highly of ourselves, where we, we just think about what we deserve. That comes instinctively. <laughs> it comes really easily. Uh, The positive side of this, Paul writes in Colossians 3.12, he says, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, if if you are walking with God and you've submitted your life to him, it says, put on compassion. Put it on like you put clothes on in the morning, just thoughtfully, intentionally deciding to have a heart of compassion to see people and to, to think about what's needed in the moment put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. These are qualities that were vibrantly displayed in the story that we read. So, in what ways might Jesus be asking you to love and serve people in your life or the people that you come across? It could be sending a gift or a note. It could be just being present with somebody, taking time just to slow down and spend unrushed, unhurried time with somebody, being attentively engaged in conversation or time. In family life, especially towards the end of the day, it can be really easy to think that the other person ought to do more work, that they should do the last dish or to turn off the light or to put the kids to bed. It's, it's not always the task that's the difficult thing. It, it's just that it needs to happen when you're feeling exhausted, and that's when it's really hard. The disciples' faith, it grew in the context of exhaustion. This is the time that Jesus chose. Every time they thought a break was coming, it just turned into more work, and it just kept going on. They did eventually get away, but they had a choice of pushing through or turning toward a selfish route. For us, rare opportunities to help might spring up, but sometimes it just comes at really inconvenient times. (laughs) It's rarely convenient. There was a time when we were away on a trip again and uh, someone was watching our kids and the van was broken down in the driveway and so I had people helping and a neighbor came over to help and I felt so far away and it was very inconvenient for everybody. But We had people helping out. I felt so grateful. Another time recently was the anniversary of when uh, we lost one of our kids, uh, stillborn, halfway through pregnancy and the date of that came up, and totally unexpected, someone had sent a note with a, 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 pl- a cheese platter, a charcuterie tray, that it was, it was just the right touch at the right time. It communicated something very thoughtful, and it meant a lot. It, it was totally unexpected, and it made me think that God, I think, allows us to be in need so that we can meet each other's needs. There really is something special that happens when a person is moved to action by compassion. That Some of those things really have made me, spurred me on to really want to provide that for other people as well. Another really practical way to serve is at our church right now. Our church is small and new and in a pretty needy stage, I would say. There's There's a lot of gaps to fill, and ways to jump in, and I actually hope it stays that way. I hope that as we grow, the opportunities also grow for people to get involved and to be needed. You actually can play a, a really needed role in our church body if you step in. And actually, God has wired you in a very specific way. He's given you some abilities and giftings that He intends to be used to, to help other people and to, to show his and demonstrate His grace Sometimes we have this subconscious thought, if I expend myself for others, what am I gonna get out of it? I mean, how, how is this sacrificial thing the better way to live? Because it's true that we, we can live for ourselves just following the desires for rest and enjoyment and refreshment, but that leads us down a path of a rather narrow, insignificant life where um, small impact is made, and there's not much of a legacy left. In fact, the selfish route means we miss a lot. We miss out on seeing God work and being a part of what He's doing in the lives of many people. What if the disciples never stuck around and they just threw up their hands and they walked away? They hung in there, they pushed through and they saw God work in an amazing way. What do you think happened to their confidence level? In in the reality and the existence and the nature of God. So finally, my faith grows when I let God work through me in personal ministry. Praise the Lord that Jesus was able to work through the disciples who probably had some mixed motives and maybe even were dealing with some resentment while they're out there grinding it away hour after hour. Even reluctant, possibly doubting, Jesus carried the work through and something incredible happened. After seeing God work, I doubt that his followers were begrudging after they got to be a part of seeing him really work. We tend to put limits on ourselves. We put limits on what we're willing to do and we have limits on what we think we can do. I don't know if you ever feel like you've got limited resources. Or you just don't feel like you've got enough time. I don't know if there's anything in your life that just feels big and overwhelming. If, if any of it involves honoring God and loving others, perhaps God will see what you're putting in and he'll come through. Jesus asked his guys, how many loaves do you have? How much can you put in? You know, we, we too, we can put forward whatever we got, even though it feels like it's just totally inadequate and insufficient. And we can trust God to multiply our efforts far beyond what we can even see, especially when we're serving people and their real needs. We sometimes think, God, God can't use me. I've, I've got nothing to offer. I mean, 5,000 people, 10,000 people there's, that need a meal, that, that's, that's just too much. There, there's too many people. My resources are just too limited. I don't have enough energy to keep going. Our Lord has resources beyond what we can see. Sacrificing for others really is a key way that God works to deepen our trust and our reliance on Him. I believe that God wants to use you. I believe that there's tremendous good that He can do through us if we just show up with a willing heart. Imagine if we, all of us together, part of this church, expended ourselves for the good of many, many people in our lives, Jesus saw beyond the physical circumstances to see where God was working and believed that God wasn't limited by the normal obstacles that limit us. We live in Santa Clarita. We live in a city full of people and don't we have what they need? If you're a Christ follower, don't you have what people need in the city that you live in or in your life and your family? In my relationships and my circles, will we turn away when there's a clear need and opportunity to help? It's not too late to jump into the game. Our lives can develop so much meaning and reward. Deciding to make our lives about serving the interest of Jesus Christ can be a real turning point. So let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this. Story that was recorded and the way that it it demonstrates your character and nature and Lord Jesus, what a um, wonderful challenge and demonstration of love that that you've given to us. Not just in this story, but throughout Scripture, we see how deep your love runs. And I pray that we would know it more and more on an experiential level. Help us to get past ourselves and our desires and our preferences and our. our want of rest and relaxation and comfort to make our lives about things that, though it might be harder and more demanding, much more rewarding and impactful. Thank you for using our church and uh, for your incredible love for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful week, and we'll catch you next time.